0: Last week of Proximity, and uh, we've had a couple great weeks talking about it, and uh, it's kind of familiar. We did a series a few weeks or months ago um, called Birds of a Feather, Birds of a Feather, Flock Together, Stick Together, whatever. We talked a lot about having the right people in your life and surrounding yourself with the right surroundings, but in that series, I kind of also began to think about uh, it's even more than surface or like connections that you have sort of in the natural world, if you will. Uh, There's also a real importance to like the proximity of our hearts what we let really near in the hearts of our lives. And so we talked about last week how people have to be at the core of our heart. And, uh, and so then we just also talked about um, proximity uh, in the first week is where God puts us. And we need to be near where God is, has assigned us to. And so talking about the nearness of our heart, because the idea is this. Just because you're around something doesn't mean you're actually close to something, right? Uh, some people could work their whole lives at a job that they hate. And just because you've been there every day doesn't mean you love it. it. Doesn't mean it's a part of your heart. You can go through the motions. There's um, oftentimes, you know, uh, where I can spend all day with my wife, and we can be busy running, doing chores, or whatever. And I've literally been with her an eight-hour day. And then when we get home, she'll say something like, "I feel like I haven't been with you." I'm like, "What? That was around you, but I wasn't near her. The proximity of our heart wasn't together." Somebody say, "Amen." And so that can happen in church. You can go through the motions of church and you can sing a few songs and you can do a few things. And, uh, and, and, and if you don't pay attention, uh, your heart, it's not a heart thing. You're just going through the motions. You're in the proximity of a building or some people, but it necessarily didn't get in. And that's why I always had a hard time. I actually hate the phrase when people say, uh, oh, you know, we got to reach people that are far from God. Nobody's far from God. He promises that he'll never leave you or forsake you. But then there's also scriptures that say, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. So did he go away? Did he leave us? But it's a heart thing is what he's talking about. You know? And so, yeah, you, you, he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's always near. But it's the whole Jacob's ladder thing, the story in the Bible where he has this revelation. He wakes up, whoa, God has been here like in this whole time. And uh, that's what we're talking about is proximity. And so today I wanna to talk about and close this off talking about the importance of being rooted, just absolutely core rooted. I think in our natural world, We grow up and there's things that get instilled in your life and it's just rooted you. That's who your family is. You just always say, well, this is who we are. And if, well, this is us. That's the Reese family. This is who we are. It's rooted. But if you were to kind of peel it back, you wouldn't ever have a time. You probably wouldn't say, well, I do things this way because at one time uh, my parents sat me down and said, this is how we do this. It just was kind of caught, right? Not really sat down and taught. And it's because like roots were being planted in your life about your family values. Now, obviously you get taught and you raise your kids up in a way, but, but a lot of times like your roots are just the thing that you've allowed to be core in your life becomes roots or core in your life. Amen. And uh, so about 10 years ago, I heard John Maxwell do a leadership teaching. Uh, He took the scripture, which we're going to look at in a minute, and he was using all these leadership principles and it unlocked biblical principles in my mind. And so uh, I just, it's one of those things that like I could almost do his whole talk, even though I had heard it once. It was just so, so much revelation to me. I was like, oh my gosh. And so he took the scripture that says the righteous are like a palm tree and he began to explain our leadership values, how we need to be like a palm tree and be rooted. So we're gonna look at that today, but I want you in your life to think about when you go home, what are my roots? Like what am I really making the core? Like if I lost all this, like maybe I do this over here because some other people are doing it, and maybe I do this this way over here because you know my job or because of, but what do you do because it's who you are? It's in the proximity of your heart, it's your roots. You guys with me? And uh, I think you have to define that because in that everything else grows from that. Amen. Uh, They say the largest gap in the world is between what we know to do and what we actually do. We know we need to exercise more. We need to know we need to do all these things, be better with our money, all this stuff. What we know to do and what we actually do, there's a huge gap in between. And I think it's just because we haven't defined what we want our roots to be in that process. Right. And so Let's take a look at it, our roots and being rooted. Psalm ninety-two twelve. it says this. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Verse 13, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of God. our God. So a couple of things here we got to notice. The righteous will flourish, meaning you're not just going to get by. Too many times in church, we're just okay. Like, oh, the Lord delivered me from death. I'm just a step above death, but he's called you to flourish and to have abundant life. And I'm not talking about being rich and driving Lamborghinis. I'm talking about, and that's fine if that's what God's called you to, just don't get a red one. Those are obnoxious, you people in your red ones. But the righteous will flourish. He's calling you to live a life that you can flourish. And it says you will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And, but the key here, it says if you're planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish In the courts of God. And so I'm not getting up here this morning and saying like, you're only going to flourish if you come to church, the house of the Lord, the presence of God would be the right way to say that. If you in your life, whether it be your personal worship time or whatever it is, if you're living in a place that you exist in the presence of God on a daily basis, you're going to be a person who flourishes. Now, as a pastor of a church, I really strongly encourage you to be in church as much as possible and be planted and rooted here. Somebody say amen. And so here's the deal. Oftentimes in the Jewish mind, when they would hear things or Jesus would teach something, he would often teach in pictures because their mind, they were taught to tear things down. And what is he saying? And so oftentimes Jesus would say the kingdom of heaven is like, and he would give a story or he would give this picture for them and they would go back and they would tear it up and they would pull all the parables out. And so in it, when we say, when you, in scripture, you see something like this, the righteous are like, or the righteous will flourish like a palm tree, they would go back and they would look at a palm tree. And they'd say, okay, what does a palm tree do? And how does it work? And what are its things? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to say, okay, if it's like a palm tree, what does that mean for us? And we've all seen palm trees in hurricanes. And so thankful that the one that just came upon Mexico dissolved, you know, and saved uh, a lot of lives were spared through that. And I've seen all sorts of people praying through that. And, And so that's a huge thing. But we've seen the footage where literally a hurricane is hitting or maybe uh, all this, and, and you see buildings just getting ripped away and you see roofs torn off. And you, and, but when you look, if you look at it, all of a sudden there's that palm tree just hanging out, right? Cars are like flying by, you know, and I'm exaggerating, but you know what I'm saying? Like literally cities are being destroyed. That palm tree, it's just swaying. It's just bending. It's just enduring the storm. And so the palm tree has the ability that no matter what, comes at it, it's not going to break. It's not going to let itself get an attitude and uproot from a place where it's receiving its health. Let me say that one again for you. It's not in a storm going to let itself get mad at the scenario and uproot and disconnect from its life source. Amen? So I have five things for you, and then uh, we'll jump out of here, but five things for you to look at and take home And just believe about yourself. So when I talk about the palm tree, I'm talking about you, the righteous. You say, these are the qualities of my life that God promised me. And when I operate this way, I flourish. Amen? So number one, a palm tree is not easily uprooted. Man, I wish I could say that about some Christians. A palm tree is not easily uprooted. Okay, I'll just leave it alone. Plant life, here's the deal with trees. Plant life In the plant life, tree life, whatever genre the palm tree is, it's the strongest, it's the biggest survivor, it's the toughest. And of course, if you look at why, why is it the strongest, obviously everybody points you and you know it's coming to its root system. What makes a palm tree great is not on the outside how it can endure a storm and how it can take the effects of its environment. It's actually what's happening on the inside that makes it flourish. I'll say it again. It's not what happens on the outside. It's what's going on on the inside and the underneath of it that gives its its strength. Amen? And so it has hundreds of yards into the ground its root systems go. Hundreds of yards into the ground. Some they've traced to even go miles deep. It understands that to be able to sustain life and to endure, I know that I have to go deep into some things. Amen? And so when God is pressing you and calling you and encouraging you and pushing you into some things, don't say, ah, I want to kind of keep it shallow. You know, they're, they're over there just being a little bit shallow. So it's okay if I'm a little bit shallow. No, our mindset needs to be, hey, we got to grow this to the deepest that God's calling me to do it. And you're not going to judge people that aren't as deep as you, but our growth is going to be, hey, how can I put a good root system in here? How can I make this strong and endure? Amen. We have to be able to, to lay good roots. That's why the scripture says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will live. Because we have to exist in something that's rooted. Because when stuff comes at you, you don't have to look at your surroundings. You can go, hey, my strength is what I believe in here. It is well, right? Amen, like we sang. I uh, was traveling with a pastor. Uh, he took me around um, just traveling all over the country. He was an evangelist, I guess you would say. Uh, it probably puts a bad taste in a lot of our mouth when we hear that, just because of some of the abuse. But just a great guy, loved churches, and uh, he was just going to other churches and speaking and doing leadership things. And I was young, 18, 19 years old, and he took me to raise me up and give me leadership lessons and all these things. He said, the most important thing you can do In your life in ministry and then in your family life and then eventually someday in your church life is if you can build your life two ways and they don't make sense but it'll make sense if you can build your life two ways you have to give your church and your family and your kids you have to give them two things you have to give them roots and then you have to give them their wings in your life, you have to say, we need roots. We got to get roots. We got to give them the, we got to build it deep. But then there's also a time where you have to say, hey, let it thrive. Let it thrive. The thing that grew from here, let it stand in the air, if you will. Somebody say amen. Trust that the way that it grew because you planted it right is okay. Somebody say amen. So it grew here and it's got good roots. And that's why the scripture says, train up a child in the way he should go. When they grow old, it will grow into something that can fly. Are you guys with me? Okay, and so uh, that's what we're talking about here. Roots and wings, let it, let it grow deep so it can grow high and catch the air, if you will. Amen? So we gotta be at our core and the core is really important. But then you also have to position it to be able to fly and to do its thing. Amen? Number two, you can cut a palm tree And it lives. You can cut a palm. So if we went up to a normal tree and we cut a ring all the way around the tree, you would kill the tree, right? Like we know that if we just took it and we cut it. But a palm tree can endure a cut. A palm tree can endure a cut. In your life, is it possible that you live in such a way that when the cuts come at you, you can still live? Or how many of us shut down? Ah, I've got cut somebody said that thing, or I got fired, or it didn't turn out the way that I planned, and I've received this cut, I'm just going to give up and die. I'm just, I've received this cut, I'm just, but the scripture says the righteous are like a palm tree, and they can endure a cut, and and remember and keep in mind that it's not the cut that makes me, it's my roots that make me. Somebody say amen. I'm in proximity with God in my roots, in the way that he called me to be, that I can endure a cut. A cut can hurt you, but it doesn't necessarily kill you. Amen? Why? Because like I said earlier, its strength is on the inside, not on the outside. But isn't it interesting in our life that a lot of our strength and the things that we build confidence in is what we have on the outside? I got my house put together just right and I got my cars and I got the right thing and I got all the kids go to the right school and I got enough in this account I got enough in this and all of these outside things are where we draw our strength or our status from when God's like hey that stuff is but a vapor and one day you're talking about moth and rust we got to build a root system that's eternal somebody say amen So don't worry, you know, the outside isn't what determines on the inside. You can be cut, but it's not going to kill you. But too often we get that cut, and that's where as a church or as Christians sometimes we get that, and it hurts, and you need to address it. I'm not saying we should all walk around stabbed up. We don't want to be the zombie church just bleeding and, you know, spewing our guts out of everything, you know. Come here, loving others towards God, you know. Like, it's important for us to be healthy and address things, obviously. But, uh, but a cut won't kill you. Toughen up. You got roots. Somebody say amen. amen. Number three, a palm tree has, an, has a great ability to bend but not break. And here's my thought with this when I look at these. Because honestly, uh, when I first heard a teaching like this... Uh, John Maxwell was, you know, talking about the leadership bend. We ought to be able to bend. But he was showing these videos, uh, and these palm trees are bending all the way over. And it's just incredible that, you know, at the root system, it can hold such a thing. And, uh, and here's, here's the idea that I had behind it. The winds of change don't frustrate or scare a palm tree. How often is it said about us, especially in the church world, here comes some change. Oh my gosh, you know, I'm sure you're happy with your new chairs, but they got new chairs. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, but I, you know that I'm kidding, but obviously seriously some change happens. Wait, the pastor asked us to do what? Wait, he wants me to serve where? <laughs> like uh, we're going to ba- what? give back to the community. Wait, what? Change comes or something really maybe even tragic happens. And all of a sudden, the winds are blowing and it change. And wind, if you watch the videos, they can be blowing this way. And then all of a sudden, it'll change drastically and go the other way. But you know what? The palm tree doesn't care. Why? Because he knows, it knows, I, I may bend, that's okay, but I'm not going to break. Somebody say amen. We need to know that about our lives, is that in our lives, you may feel like, man, this thing is just bending me. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break. If I can't take it anymore, if it changes one more time and I go the other way, I'm gonna be so weak that I'm gonna break. But no, your strength comes from your dependency on God. When you're weak, he is strong. That's where we always say, like, oh, you know, if it, it, you know, I'm out of control here, this thing's blowing me all around. That's when God is able to be Lord in your life. Amen. And we got to be able to embrace change. And we got to be able to embrace the winds and things that are moving. Because here's the problem. If we're people who always want to have it the same way, you'll always have it the same way. It's that whole, if you want new things, if you want better things, if you have to change growth, everybody say, oh, I want to grow in my life. I want to see more growth without change is impossible. I have a six month old little boy. He doesn't fit in his clothes anymore. Every day we have to go get new clothes because monday we put him in a six month and tuesday he's in a nine month Uh, that's because he keeps us up all night eating and like whatever but uh But why that's a good thing. Why because healthy things grow and if we're healthy We should want to grow in things. But the thing is with growth stuff changes And a lot of times. Oh, don't change it on me I liked it the way that it always was don't bring change. But if you want to grow you have to accept change amen and here's the thing. Our nature is to follow the path of least resistance. We want the easiest, straightest, smoothest. But here's the thing. Rivers follow the path of least resistance, and that's why they're crooked. In your life, if you want to go the easy route, you end up with a really crooked pattern and path in your life. Amen? Trust God. Trust God and just follow. Like, God, I'm going to follow you through the change. I'm going to follow you for what you have. Make, the Scripture says that God is the light unto our path. He directs the steps that we're called to take, amen? so it's hard and it doesn't feel good. But the scripture gives you this promise that it says the righteous can get back up seven times. The righteous just continue to get up. It doesn't matter how much you bend because you're not gonna break. You'll be a person who can get back up. Why? Because the storm doesn't, listen to this, the storm doesn't have the authority to hold you down. It can bend you but it doesn't have the authority to hold you down. Some of you need to just take that part home. Man, it feels like the season has just really held me down and there's no way that I'm going to get out of this. Yeah, you are. Because he's the one who calms the winds and waves and can help you bounce back up. Amen? Number four, the fruit of the palm tree is protected. The fruit of the palm tree is protected. High above the reach of predators, the palm tree is able to protect what it produces. The things that you produce go up as you go up, as you grow in the things of God. The fruit that you produce in the things of God go up with you. Are you guys with me on that? We get so worried about well this thing I got to protect it, and well this thing I got. But if you're just going with God and growing the way that God's called you to do, the promise about the palm tree is that He'll hold it high above your enemies. Amen and it'll be protected. John 15 says, we are called to bear much fruit and your fruit should remain. Meaning the things that we grow in should be protected and should be preserved. And that's what the palm tree does. I thought about it like this. The scripture says that God is the one, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's God who gives us the ability to be able to protect the fruit in our life and the things that uh, God has given us. And how do I know that? It's because the scripture says that God has prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemy. So just because you feel the presence of your enemy doesn't mean that your fruit's gonna be destroyed in your life, amen? Are you guys with me? (laughs) All right, we got about two more hours, so I need you to, are they breaking in yet? Are they, you feel good about it yet? (laughs) So in the presence of your enemy, and I'll close with this with my last point, but I'll close with this. Uh, In the presence of your enemy, and this is where that fear really sets in. Is, uh, is, oh, I've worked so hard for this thing over here. And, uh, and God has blessed me with this fruit and this thing over here. But you know what? If, if, I, if he calls me into the deep, if he calls me, I might lose it. But I'm telling you, God will protect it and preserve it. There is times where he calls you to give it to him. Giving it to him is totally different than it being destroyed. Amen? So we gotta be able to walk in a way that it's like, okay, God, over here, you've called me to give it to you. But over here, I know that when I go through this thing, you're going to protect what you've blessed me with and what you've given me, amen? Point number five, my last point. This will be your take home. Number five, the one thing about a palm tree that a palm tree can't endure and a palm tree can't survive is cold. Because I'd like to have a palm tree, actually. But how many know it doesn't work in Michigan? Because a palm tree can't live in a state of cold. How I many you know righteous people can't live in a state of cold relationship with God? God says, I would rather you be hot or cold. I'd rather know where you are because if you're cold, it's not going to work. You're not going to flourish. But I know where you are. And of course, I'd rather you be hot so we can produce fruit. And in the middle it doesn't work either. But we must live in our life in a way that I wanna flourish, I wanna be like a palm tree, all those things we talked about. But in order to do that, you have to keep a climate in your life that doesn't grow cold. That's why it says you flourish in the house of God. That's why it says in the courts of the Lord. All those things help keep your temperature up so that you can produce good fruit and so that you can endure the storms, amen? So think about that in your life. I want you to take that home. If you're checking our lives, what is the blank? What is the fill in the blank in our life that may be growing cold? What have we not given attention to? What is the thing that you say, "Oh, over there, I don't know that thing. What is growing cold in our life that may cause you to not flourish in an area of your life? Because you've got to remember, God emptied heaven, sent His Son to die for you, so that you could be a person who flourishes in the kingdom, in the community of God. Amen? So we ask God, God, in my prayer life, am I growing cold? God, in my worship time, am I growing cold? God, in my compassion for others, in the way that I steward my money, in the way that I forgive people, in the way that I judge people, in the way that I talk about people, in the way that I uh, pray for uh, those I'm not in agreement with. Leaders, government officials, need I say more? We need to check our hearts. And make sure we're praying in a way that it's coming out of a place of love and it's coming out of a place of, you know, where I'm at. So, God, where in my life have I allowed something to creep in? It's important for us to take a stand. It's important for us to have values and be rooted. That's what I'm talking about. But it's important for us to come in a place of love. Amen? And so, ask God. We go home, we ask God, we say, hey, I want to live in a place where I'm not growing cold. And just say, God, and then you just ask them, God, hey, stir in me, ignite a fire in me, because you want to be a person who can endure the storm, who can endure the winds of change, who can endure all the things that we talked about and be a person who flourishes in the house of God. Amen? will not you stand? will not you all bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to give you an opportunity here this morning. If you're here today... And you say man pastor josh i've been in a way where maybe i've grown cold i've stepped away from um, maybe your relationship with god or maybe you never made a commitment to god maybe you never accepted him as your lord and savior you say well what does that mean pastor josh it means you've never made a decision to be a christ follower to be a christian Um, i'm going to give you the opportunity uh, to pray and some people call it the salvation prayer some people call it the sinner's prayer Uh, both of those are accurate but today I want to give you the opportunity to do what we talked about, to become somebody who can flourish, who can be righteous and flourish in the house of God and in, in, in the presence of God. And so here's how it works. It's actually a really simple prayer. It's the most powerful prayer you could ever pray. It's the most life-changing prayer you could ever pray, but it's simple. The scripture says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, your sins will be forgiven. You'll be on your way to heaven. And so I'm not going to do anything to have you come forward or take a class or do anything to embarrass you. We're all in this whole room. We're all going to pray this prayer out loud. We're going to repeat it after me. But you today, if you say, yeah, I want to pray that prayer. I want to choose Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to make a decision to be a a Christian or a Christ follower. I am going to ask you when I count to three, just to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out or do anything like that. I'm just going to acknowledge it. And uh, everybody's heads are bowed, bowed and eyes are closed. But this is a moment between you and God and and me. I want to be able to connect and encourage and just pray for you while I pray this out. So if that's you, when I count to three and you want to make that decision and pray that prayer with all of us, if that's you on three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Anybody in here see those? Anybody else? Can you just put it up a little high so I can see? Okay, cool. Anybody else? All right. Here's what we're going to do. All of us together Are going to just pray out And repeat after me But those of you that are making that decision That incredible decision Just know that your life has changed today You made the best decision you ever could Your sins will be forgiven And you will flourish Like a palm tree Amen, let's all pray this Say, God Today I choose you To be my Lord and Savior Forgive me of my sins Help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.